Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Love at First Jolt, with our guest, David. Thank you for being here today, David. Would you please introduce yourself? Thank you, Matt. My name is David. I am originally from Kenya. I've been around the world and I moved to the States for school and I ended up in California, then Oregon, and I ended up doing electrical engineering. Wonderful. So why did you choose this career? So I've always been fascinated by how things work. And I ended up in electrical engineering by, I want to say, love at first jolt, because my initial choice was civil engineering, because I do love structural things. But then one day when I was a kid, I was playing around with a screwdriver, I put it in the mains, turned it on, and it blew apart. And the plastic part of the screwdriver melted on my chest. So you can say it was ingrained and embedded in me from a young age. But seriously, I like to figure out how things work. And engineering is a versatile area that allows one to explore deeply in certain aspects. And also you figure out really quickly what you're good at, what you're not good at, and what you're great at, and what you enjoy. So engineering fascinated me, and I am glad that I ended up in that world. That is a very unique story on the electrical outlet. And um, when you transitioned in your thinking from civil to electrical and finding how things work, did it change necessarily when you got to schooling or was it along the lines of what you were expecting? So that's a very good question because I first transitioned from thinking about civil and went to economics because I have a love for math and I wanted to understand how that world works. And then midway through that, a professor, a friend of mine said, you know what, you might want to take an electrical engineering class and see how that works. I know you love some computer work. And once I started taking those classes, I figured that I'm really good in computing and I'm really enjoying electrical engineering. And I delved into that world and I figured that I really enjoy the digital space and communication space within electrical engineering. So that's primarily what I leaned into as opposed to circuits. Though I was able to do well in circuits, I wasn't necessarily the best person in circuits, Mm -hmm. but I understood how they worked. But when it comes to the communications part, digital and wireless communications, that's what tended to attract me more. And that's where I ended up focusing more than any other area. What's the one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? Another great question. Because as a student, you have a worldview that's shaped by this college environment that you have. And then there is the external view about what you think work should be. So it's like an idealized view of the world. And Before I graduated, I was lucky to have two internships. And those internships also gave me a small view of the working world. Because when you're an intern, you have responsibilities, but they're not really 
that deep as opposed to when you actually are working for the company. Because now you have a project and you're actually responsible. And one of the things that I've learned as a result of working on many projects within my career is that always ask for help. People are really happy to show you if you don't know. And it saves a lot of time if you're working with a lot of people and projects. And when you ask for help, it leads to collaboration. And collaboration leads to group problem solving and to team dynamics growing positively. So that is the key thing that I always share when I'm speaking with folks is please always ask for help. Don't be shy. In college, you think, oh, because you're not the smartest person in the class on something that you need to just go and study harder. Whereas in the workforce, it's all about identifying an area you love and then you all bring different things on a team and you all lean on each other's strengths and that's how you get things accomplished. Yes, I think asking for help is really important and I'm happy you touched on that. I think also just asking questions, maybe not yes. necessarily something that you need help on, but yes. you know, so why did you approach that problem that way? What was your thinking there? Help me understand how you work through that problem. Mm -hmm. I think asking questions is a very important skill and sometimes people for maybe personality reasons mm -hmm. or other reasons hesitate to actually have that communication with their coworkers. I do 100% agree with what you, that statement and I'm aligned with it. Always raising your hand to ask if you don't understand for clarification helps a lot across the board. In fact, communication in my career has been the thing that I work on every day to become a better communicator, meaning ask the questions until you get the to the point of where you feel that that answer or understand the answer that's being given to allow you to go ahead and execute. And I would add on to that, if a person decides to transition into management, sometimes asking questions, even when you know the answer, can mm -hmm. be really beneficial to help the other person when they think through how to explain it to you. And that can actually lead to some really positive outcomes as well yes, uh, yes, when yes. you move into a manager role. The next question is, can you recall a professional challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? Yes, I can. There's numerous, but I'm just going to choose one. So I straddle the engineering world and the business world. Yes. So I think of myself as a translator. I translate all technical information to the business people, specifically sales, marketing, business development. And then I take their requirements and translate them to engineering teams. So I have this unique value add of always trying to understand both sides and come up with a collaborative, cohesive solution to what the problem is. And there have been times and key times I can remember where we did work with a client who was making a product and they did everything with the product that we shared with them to build on it, both the technical side and the business side. But we forgot to conduct a detailed survey of the customer base. And this product was using a laser to identify people so that it could, it, it could dispense soap. So basically a soap dispenser that if you put your hand under, this is way back when, before now they've improved that technology, and pigmentation was an issue. So it did not recognize a 
cadre of customers with specific pigmentation, but you recognize others. And that was something that in the requirements was not noted by both teams. And it brought a challenge because we were two weeks launch and the product worked fantastic, but it had not gone through the testing phase. So that required lots of conversation and a delay for about a month. And when you're in the working world, a delay in any project is significant in terms of just the amount of effort, financial, economic, and time. But I had to support the delay because at the end of the day, the end customer would not have been satisfied or the needs of some end customers would not have been satisfied. So it would have been an exclusive as opposed to inclusive product. And those were some very challenging conversations because I had to have them at my level and at senior management level. One of um, my favorite questions in the requirement gathering phase to the different parties to try to avoid situations like that is to say, what am I not asking? Mm -hmm. What are we not asking? To try to find where those gaps in our analysis might be to to prevent a situation like that. Yes. Or when you you make sure when you're constituting a project team, you have as diverse of a team as possible because everybody brings something different and they bring a different viewpoint and then you let them all put their share their inputs and always tell them please if you think there's something wrong please raise your hand question for sure i think creating that safety culture in a safe environment where people feel free that they can bring forward potential problems yes. is really important for a success of an engineering team yes. and i think sometimes when you have a leader who maybe installs fear by controlling their direct reports and stuff Mm -hmm. that you're more likely to get situations where people don't feel confident to bring Mm -hmm. up potential issues like that. Agree. What advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? I would like to share what perhaps I didn't think would be important, which at the onset of my career is that Control what you can. Don't worry about what you cannot control because the environment outside you is going to keep changing. Focus on what you really need to focus on, like getting the fundamentals correctly. Focus. If you love engineering, it's definitely going to be a challenging career. You're going to have moments where your hair's on fire, but understand that you're being tested and prepared for the real world because engineers, when you leave the when you graduate college, you go into the working world fully ready and prepared to take on any business functional area. So control what you can control, focus on the fundamentals and make sure you, if you love a specific area within engineering, try as hard as possible to become the subject matter expert within an academic setting. Obviously, when you come into the working world, you will see how deep some of these subject matters go into and you can spend an entire lifetime on a very specific area of engineering, let's say, I want to say radio waves. And that can be your entire career because there's so much to learn. There's a lot of things that you can do. And that's really what I would urge someone starting at their career. Also, before I forget, internships and network. Please make sure you network with your colleagues in college, build networks within those of your institution who have left because that's how if there is a 
economic downturn, that's how you can probably end up finding opportunity. For sure. And I think also what I tell my students is that look to the person to your right, look to the person on your left. So that's your future network. And there's sometimes when you might have a professional career situation uh, with maybe your manager or some of your coworkers, and you really can't talk to your other coworkers about it, but then you can go to your network of like your college friends and say, Hey, I'm having this situation at work and get their advice and input from the situation. And they're removed enough from the situation that they can give you good advice. So I think that's really important advice for them to hear about networking and internships. Yes. Thank you very much, Matt. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time today. This was a great conversation and really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Thank you very much. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.